Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to the morning report. My name is Willie Lawson. I know it's not morning, but it's morning somewhere. <laughs> it's always it's always morning somewhere um so again welcome and uh we're going to um we got so there's so much uh I, you know what i i relate that story uh, about when we were on right on um I, I forget what we used to call it here on, on there on blog talk radio um and we just did stories all i mean we, we were on every day and for a couple of hours and obama got elected and Alex uh, Alan Levy of uh, Blog Talk Radio said, "If you know Obama wins, we would have nothing to talk about." And um, the um, my managing editor, Elizabeth Blackney at the time, said, "If Obama wins, we won't have anything to shut up about." <laughs> oh boy, oh boy, that was true for, and that was true for eight years for sure. And now we are getting to the end of the first four years of the Trump administration, and that is still holding true and holding true today so you know what normally we take a little break here we're not we're gonna hop right in with the COVID-19 story uh, our friends uh from Gateway Pundit I think Jim Holt wrote this article yes Jim Holt um you guys know Jim right Jim's a good guy maybe we'll get him on the show yeah maybe if he you know if he thinks that we're worthy um here in the next couple of weeks he wrote this article um the title is COVID-19 Dr. Solinko um 150 thousand Americans and many more around the world are dead because hydroxychloroquine stood in the way of making trillions. This is, this is, this, if there is a frightening thing that hydroxychloroquine, and I try to tell some people, you know, where I work with, that here's the deal. Hydroxychloroquine is an old drug and it's a um, generic and it's not going to make anybody any money. It's just, it's just not going to make, it's not going to make big pharma any money. It's already out there. And zinc, it's already out there, and uh, in, you know, and and and, and the other, um, what is it, the Zithromax, um, yeah, the Z-Pack. Doctor Zev Zelenko was one of the first uh, frontline doctors in America to come out and share his success with using hydroxychloroquine regimen to treat and cure the Chinese coronavirus. So it's, it's interesting that the left has taken this Nigerian doctor from Houston who has some wacky beliefs about other stuff, and made her the face of hydroxychloroquine. When it completely ignoring, completely ignoring, and on purpose, that she wasn't the first. And, and, and I love how the media says, Trump's hydroxychloroquine doctor, they don't smash all this together. If you don't think that this is all about Trump, you are a dumbass. So I just don't know. How, I just don't know how else to put it. You are a dumbass from way back. I mean, this is all about Trump. Um, so back in March, Zinco treated 699 coronavirus patients with hydroxychloroquine zinc with 100% success. 
Since that time, of course, Dr. Fauci, Dr. Birx, FDA, CDC refused to promote the success of hydroxychloroquine in treating the disease. There have been 51 studies that show hydroxychloroquine is effective in treating the coronavirus. 51 studies. Um, Dr. Um, Zebzlinski told the War Room that there are forces that confuse the president, that vilified and fear-mongered hydroxychloroquine usage. There are reasons why they have uh, they have in the pipeline, um, what, um, rindemzavir, rimzavir, I guess they call it, and vaccines that they want to push through. So hydroxychloroquine stood in the way of trillions of dollars. So there are 150 dead in America, and many more around the world simply are dead because the world listened to the FDA, which I don't recommend, by the way, are dead simply because of the people like Dr. Fauci and the forces behind him. I think the president's instincts are greater than all of his advisors, and combined, I beg the president to please just follow your instincts. You know, in, and, 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 that's the, and, that, and that's the deal. Um, when the me and, and and you have to understand, we have to understand how they how they put all this together. That you know what hydroxychloroquine had been one of those things where the where the president suggested it, had heard about it, heard some studies, had heard about it working in France, and said we ought to try it. It's not like it was a brand new drug; it was an old drug, a drug that's been around since the fifties. The drug has been around damn near sixty years, more than sixty years. This wasn't some new thing that somebody was making up in their, you know, in, in their basement. We'll try it. They, they, they're using it for malaria. They're using it for people on lupus. There are lots of, we understand all the side effects. We understand all the side effects. Hell, there's side effects to every single drug and vaccine. Every damn one of them. There's side effects. Every drug, every vaccine, there are side effects. It's interesting. Now we don't want to talk about side effects, right? We don't want to talk about side effects. Well, there are side effects of this drug. When we talk about vaccines, and the anti-vaxxers show up and say, hey, you know, there, there may be side effects to these vaccines that may cause autism. Ah, crazy people, crazy people. Oh, okay. Some of them, for sure. But, but you know, then, you know, then, you know, you don't want to talk, I mean, you, you don't want to talk about side effects, but if there may be side effects to a drug that's been around for 60 years, that's been used to treat literally millions of people, now you want to talk about damn side effects. You suck, by the way. And Facebook, you suck. Twitter, you suck too. Jack, Zuck, Google, you all suck. Because you're participating in this when you know damn well, when you know better. Shame on you. Shame on all of you. All right. Um, I told you this is going to be um, the uh, the story tsunami. So we're going to try to zip through a bunch of these stories as quickly as possible. That's one of my favorite. You can get, the, if, if you're curious where that is, just go to, to uh, www.thegatewaypundit.com. www.thegatewaypundit.com. Um, Jim and, and the staff over there are super fantastic, wonderful, and have been in this for a while and are damn good at it. All right, uh, let's move on to um, what do we got. 
the uh, the New York City Health Commissioner uh, has said to De Blasio, you know, in in a way, yeah, your uh, your cut your COVID response, yeah, kind of sucks. So I'm out of here. Uh, look, she was in no way immune from criticism regarding to the city's response to COVID uh, the coronavirus. But at least Dr. Uh, Oxris um, Barbeau, New York City's now former health commissioner turned a corner and warned Mayor Bill de Blasio that COVID was tearing through the Big Apple rapidly and the results could be disastrous. She presented him with data. He just ignored it. Now, both are saying pretty much the exact same thing in February regarding outdoor activities. Everybody's saying this. Fauci, you know, Ouchie Fauci, all of them are saying pretty much the same thing. Ah, uh, it's not going to be a big deal. It's like a, it's like a cold. It's like blah, 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 whatever. Live your lives. Go to the movies. All that stuff. But de Blasio is still saying the same thing mid-March. Mid-March. Eh, no big deal. So unlike most of the country, New York is the mecca for COVID in the United States. The outbreak could be traced right to the Empire State, which is getting praised from the Acela media now. What's Acela? You're hearing that phrase. The Acela is, a, is an Amtrak train that runs between Boston and Washington, D.C. And a lot of the major news sources um, have their headquarters along that line. So these are the people who decide what you hear and what you don't hear. And how you hear it. So that, the, so, so the Acela media, um, or, you know, I mean, he's getting, he's getting praised from them. What are these clowns going to do? Attack de Blasio and Governor Andrew Cuomo for their reckless response to the virus? No, they can't. They're Democrats, and these writers are nursing homes patients with killed thousands of the elderly and infirmed. The most vulnerable were sacrificed at the altar of American liberalism. Kill the elderly, infect everyone. That's the New York way of responding to COVID. It's also the idiot's way. Even as the story was deal, the story, excuse me, the city was dealing with COVID COVID, she had to deal with the Mayor De Blasio's quote woke governance that destroyed the city. He's defunding um, the police by a billion dollars. The city's plainclothes anti-crime unit has been disbanded, and no one's in shock. Crime has spiked. In August, um, and already the in, in it's August, and already the city has seen more shootings than in all of 2019. Kids are being blown away. Children. The black dude doesn't care. He does care that someone vandalized his precious Black Lives Matter mural outside of Trump Tower, which he admits was never brought before a permit process. We're going to talk about that, too. You know why it was never brought before a permit process? Because orange man bad. It was out of moral urgency, you see. Oh, and the contact tracing program the city has initiated by is not allowing city officials to ask new COVID patients if they have participated in any mass demonstrations recently. Okay, so they've instituted this this tracking program in the city, this tracing program, to sort of see where people were. But they may not ask if they had gone to a mass, so they cannot ask if they've been at a mass protest. Well, why not? Well, because we'll find out that some of these mass protests may have been hotbeds Petri dishes, 
for this for the spreading of COVID nineteen. If you think that this ain't about Trump, you are a damn fool. You're a damn fool. Now, we just mentioned that it is the it is the hypocrisy of the left that is causing them the biggest excuse me the biggest problem. That's the good, and that's the thing that I'm not sure if they understand or not. I'm pretty sure they don't care. It is the hypocrisy of the left that is causing them the biggest problem. Because their hypocrisy is showing, like the ladies who whose slip is showing, or the ladies who um, who has some toilet paper on her on her shoe, or the the, the lady whose whose dress got unknowingly tucked into her pantyhose, and she's walking down the street with all her butt hanging out, her, her butt hanging. You, you know what I'm saying? I don't know if they notice, and I don't know if they care. It is the hypocrisy that makes people angry, and it is the hip, and it is the wanton hypocrisy that will cause them to lose ultimately. Mayor De Blasio painted, of course, the black mural, uh, the Black Lives Matter mural, without a permit, because he was given a finger to Donald Trump. No permit, nothing. Now, if anybody else wants to do do likewise, oh no, there is a permit process and you must go through it. Um, New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio has revealed that the city officials ignore the application process for artwork in order to paint five, five, not just one, five murals in the New York um, City boroughs, uh, arguing that Black Lives Matter messaging was too important to go through the required channel. It was just too important. This was this was some moral. I can't do this. We had to do this right now. You understand? No, a, a process. Who needs your stinking process? That's something um, that again transcends all normal realities because we are at a normal a moment in history where, when that had to be said and done, um, that a decision I made, De Blasio proclaimed. Of, of choice to edit the, the the free speech of those who didn't agree politically while usurping the laws of the city. The mayor is now facing accusations of First Amendment violations for refusing to grant the same permissions to other projects, especially of conservative artworks. Last month, de Blasio announced the city would paint Black Lives Matter street murals on ev- in every borough and rename streets to match the message on the heels of the nationwide, nationwide racial injustice protests following the death of George Floyd. Now, if you believe that any of this unfortunately has to do with the death of George Floyd, you are a dumbass. I don't know how many times I have to say that in, in this program. If you are still of the mind somehow, if anybody you know is still of the mind that this has anything to do with George Floyd, you're a dumbass. They're a dumbass too. Um, de Blasio has indicated that he would not allow Blue Lives Matter or other pro-police groups to paint messages in support of law enforcement on the streets. So, Black Lives Matter, in the, in support for some George Soros-funded organization, and that's what it is, and this anti-give-the-finger-to-Trump, that's cool. Now, supporting the people that... The police department in the New York, in, in the New York City, the police department that's charged for, with prote- serving and protecting the citizens of New York, 
the city that he happens to be mayor of. Supported by the police union. Supported by the damn police union. No. What? The city recently sent Staten Island artist um, Scott Lovato um, to cease a cease and desist order requesting that he remove the bright blue line he painted along a divider on Highland Boulevard outside the 122nd precinct. The letter asserted that he did not comply. He faced summons and other, quote, legal actions. Women for America First, a pro-Trump female empowerment group, sued the city for hindering the creation of a mural with the slogan, here's the slogan, engaging, inspiring, and empowering women to make a difference. Now, that should have been refused because it's too damn long on a Manhattan roadway. On Monday, during his city, his city hall press briefing, de Blasio claimed that he never directly said no, but emphasized these groups must follow the proper protocols for getting permission from the city to display their work. If you want to apply, you can apply, but there's a process. Now, how's that going to roll? How's that going to happen? Let's just be grown-ups here for a second. Is, 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 how's that going to roll? How, how do you think that's going to roll? Hmm? Yep, you're absolutely right. Uh, there ain't no way on God's green earth that any of those projects are going to get approved. It's not going to happen. He's not going to allow it. He's going to crap can every single one of them. We're going to take a little break. We'll be back with more of The Morning Report. My name is William Lawson. The, the Morning Report is a production of FightBackMedia.com. 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 We'll be back right after these messages. If you are a true blue conservative, small businesses are near and dear to your heart. They are the lifeblood of our life and economy. I believe this, and that's why my florist is not a website or phone number. My florist is Blooming Day's Flower Shop, Tampa's premier flower shop. At 11618 North Florida Avenue here in Tampa, Florida, and at 6835 State Road 54 in Newport Ritchie. Call Christine at 813-933-1942 and at 727-232-6900. She can also be reached on the web at www.bloomingdays.com. One of the things that I get asked most is where can I get information that is not tainted with liberal bias, especially here in the Tampa Bay area? Well, now I have the answer. DBCTampa.com, a website by and for Tampa area conservatives. Tampa's leading conservative voices speak freely at tbctampa.com. And you can too. So join the fun and enjoy the freedom at tbctampa.com.
Yeah, man. Yeah, baby. Come on. You know we're winning. The left is failing. They're failing. They're failing. And they know they're failing. It just continues. Their failures are just are mounting up one after the other. And that's just the truth. Their failings are just piling up one after the other, piling up one after the other, piling up one after the other. Um, all we have to do, uh, you know, in, in, in my not so humble viewpoint is just to stay the course, stay on track, stay focused. Some good news. A Portland man who was who used a bomb to gain unlawful interest entry into the Mark O. Hatfield U.S. courthouse has, in, in Portland has been arrested. Um, the kid is an 18-year-old Isaiah Jason Mazza Jr., injured a U.S. marshal after detonating an explosive device and has been charged with, charged accordingly with a series of federal crimes. According to the court documents, in the early morning hours of July 22, 2020, a group of individuals gathered in an exterior entry, entryway of the Hatfield Federal Courthouse. Several members of the group, including Mazza, began removing plywood attached to the front of the building to protect its damaged glass facade. After the group successfully removed the plywood sheeting, Mazza made a, a multiple attempts to kick in the window, struck it with a metal object, and repeatedly pounded on it with what appeared to be a hammer D, D, the DOJ uh, released. Shortly thereafter, a number of people successfully removed the entire wooden structure protecting the courthouse entryway as um, an unknown individual broke one of the windows. After this breach, Mazza walked toward the building carrying a cylindrical object. Mazza then appeared to light the fuse connected to the object and place it inside the broken window. The statement continues. A short time later, the, the object exploded in close proximity to law enforcement officers exiting the building through the broken window. A deputy U.S. marshal sustained injuries to both his legs as a result of the blast. For his alleged assault on a U.S. marshal, Mazza faces up to 20 years in prison and a quarter million dollar fine. For his actions of willfully destroying federal government property, he faces up to 10 years in prison and a $250,000 fine. So he could get 30 years in jail and owe the federal government a half million dollars. Now, my guess is the kid ain't got it. So what he's gonna, so what he's going to miss up in fines, he's going to have to pay in time, which is the most valuable thing he has. Federal agents have made 97 arrests uh, related to the months of rioting and attacks on the federal courthouse there. So when this idiot Jerry Nettler of the Nettler Follies, what a moron, basically says that, that Antifa and these things in Portland are a myth. Are you serious? Is he serious? Can he be taken seriously? No. They just say this stuff. And, and what they know is that they're losing too. That's what they know. They are losing. They're losing. And they know they're losing. It's great news. Stay on course, folks. One more, and we'll get to the um, the uh, the Bryce is right right after this story here. Let's see one more. I believe we got one more. Um, no, not that one. Let's do this one. We you you remember we did the story about the um, the op-ed editor at the New York Times who decided you know what I'm tired 
of having to worry about trolls on Twitter. The 10 people that can mount a campaign against you on, on Twitter. The 215 people. Um, that They are not on the masthead of the New York Times, especially the op-ed page. And she got tired of of dealing with that being the driving force in them doing her and them doing their job. Well, something I mean this, and and again, this woman, her name, uh, yeah, this woman is not gonna not gonna be a a, a knuckle dragging MAGA hat wearing um, Trump supporter anytime soon. But she wants she wanted to be a journalist, and unfortunately. Working at the paper of record, the old gray lady, proved to not be that for her. Well, it's happening again. Ariana Picari used to be a producer at MSLSD. This is what she says as on her way out the door. It's possible that I am more sensitive to the editorial process due to my background in public radio, where no decision I ever witnessed was predicated on how a topic or a guest would, quote, rate, end quote. I was, I, the, the, excuse me, the longer I was at MSNBC, the more I saw such choices. It's practically baked into the editorial process. And those decisions affect news content every day. She writes on her personal website, likewise, it's taboo to discuss how the rating scheme distorts the content. Or it's simply taken for granted because everyone in the commercial broadcast news industry is doing the same exact, exact same thing. So MSNBC has an audience that they want to keep, and so the 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 stories that they show and the way that they show them are tailored to keep eyeballs on on MSNBC. All three of them, I guess, because that's about all they got. And she describes, um, Picari describes this as a, quote, cancer, end quote, that stokes national division, end quote, because it's good. Division and fighting is good because this brings an audience. Amid the civil unrest in the country, risks human lives during the pandemic and threatens, quote, our democracy, end quote, with the election coming up. The, the model blocks diversity of thought, something that we've talked about for years here in Fightback Media, diversity of thought and content because the networks have incentive to amplify fringe voices and events at the expense of others, all because it pumps up the ratings. It's all about the ratings. And now if you can pump up ratings and be anti-Trump, boy, oh boy, oh boy. Um, regarding the coronavirus coverage, amplifying President Trump's failures was at the center of MSNB's strategies rather than the science itself. Follow, we need to follow the science. Bad, orange man, bad. At times, producers would choose a story uh, without regard to ratings, but those were exceptions, he explained. I have, seen, I have heard producers deny their role as journalists, he writes. A very capable senior producer said, our viewers don't really consider us the news. They come to us for comfort. She closes by embracing the uncertainty of 2020, 
Hoping to connect with her followers more than ever, I'm craving a full and civil discourse. Good luck, hon. Good luck. All right. Uh, now we got to do something cool. It's time for um, The Price is Right. The Price is Right. I'll say it right. Certainly I will. Fightback Media is proud to have a rock-solid conservative contribute to our effort on the morning report. And now it's time for The Bryce is Right. This is Tim Bryce with my column titled, How Do the Democrats Manage? As a longtime management consultant who has worked with a wide range of companies around the world, I've been considering how well Democrats manage at the municipal, county, state, and congressional levels. Aside from giving away benefits in order to buy votes, they've not impressed me. I therefore beg the question, what do the Democrats do for you? Well, first, as mayors in city town councils, Democrats command the lion's share of urban areas across the United States. One of the more controversial subjects they embrace is sanctuary cities, which is intended to provide a safety zone for illegal immigrants from prosecution. They even go so far as to not cooperate with federal officials concerned with capturing illegals and returning them to their country of origin. Democrats claim they want to provide a safety zone for such people so they can enjoy the social, medical, and educational benefits of America, thereby grooming them for future voters. To this end, policies have been introduced to prevent local police and other city workers from asking about a person's immigration status. Today, cities run by the Democrats foster a culture conducive to protests, rioting, and vandalism. Such turmoil puts the safety of citizens in jeopardy as well as local businesses. One side effect from such a culture is the rise of gun violence in inner cities, the likes of which we haven't seen before. Quite frankly, there couldn't be a better time for being a criminal. All of this implies Democrats are anti-safety, anti-business, and anti-law and order, which I translate into un-American. Second, as county officials, Democrats are trying desperately to introduce the concept of regionalism, which, in a nutshell, looks to create metropolitan governments spanning multiple counties. For example, in the Tampa Bay area, it is concerned with combining Hillsborough County with Pinellas, and possibly more, such as Manatee, Pasco, and Sarasota. In California, the Bay Area region could involve San Francisco, Oakland, and Sonoma County. In western New York, it might mean combining Buffalo, Niagara Falls, and Jamestown. In southwest Ohio, it will include Cincinnati, northern Kentucky, and southeast Indiana. This is a concept that has been tested in Europe, such as in the Basque area between Spain and France. By creating such regions, they are creating another layer of government bureaucracy and taxes. Translation, more big government that will usurp the power of municipalities and counties. Under this scenario, the ideal progressive power structure would appear as global, federal, state, region, county, and municipal. Whereas globalization represents a threat to the authority of federal and state governments, regionalism will do likewise to counties and municipalities. The real intent is to increase political power by reshaping the structure of government. Basically, it negates the need for legal and long-standing geographical boundaries, even going so far as to cross state lines. And third, as governors, 
Democrats do not have a stellar record for managing their states. To illustrate, for many years, the Mercatus Center at George Mason University reported the financial stability of the 50 states, plus Puerto Rico and Guam. The report considered debt and financial obligations, as well as state pension programs and health care benefits. The last report was in 2018. At that time, the top 10 best-run states were predominantly Republican. Number one was Nebraska, which is Republican. Number two, South Dakota, Republican. Number three, Tennessee, Republican. Number four, Florida, Republican. Number five, Oklahoma, Republican. Number six, Wyoming, Republican. Number seven, Idaho, Republican. Number eight, Utah, Republican. Number nine, North Carolina, which has a Democrat governor but a Republican assembly. And number 10, Nevada, which is Democrat. The bottom 10 states were predominantly Democrat. Number 41, New York, which is Democrat. Number 42, California, Democrat. Number 43, West Virginia, Democrat. Number 44, Delaware, Democrat. Number 45, New Mexico, Democrat. Number 46, Kentucky, which has a Democrat governor, but a Republican assembly. Number 47, Massachusetts, Democrat. Number 48, New Jersey, Democrat. 49, Connecticut, Democrat. And number 50, Illinois, Democrat. It appears financial success in state governments is not by accident, but by responsible economic policies. Not surprising, the bottom 10 have higher taxes, which is ultimately causing people and businesses to flee their states as economic refugees. All of this demonstrates the incompetence of Democrat governors as managers. And number four, Congress. Not surprising, Congress is gridlocked. House Democrats spurn the label of do-nothing as they point to the legislation they have passed, all of which they knew wouldn't pass the Senate chamber. This implies their bills were designed more for political purposes than anything else. This leaves them plenty of time to root on their Democrat constituents back home. It has now become obvious that Democrats at the municipal level are getting their marching orders from their congressional leaders. I personally find it amusing to see Democrats try to deceive the American public. To illustrate, following a recent night of violence in Portland, where local authorities declared it a riot, Representative Jerry Nadler of New York's 10th Congressional District told a reporter the violence is a, quote, myth that's being spread only in Washington, D.C., end of quote. How he says this with a straight face is beyond me. So as managers, Democrats do not rate very well. Instead of taking steps to correct the violence and destruction, they would rather put the welfare of their citizens and businesses in jeopardy, all for political purposes. They also spurn the rule of law, all for political purposes as well. As a result, they are driving people and businesses away who no longer want to experience their madness. This is the Democrat Party of 2020. No wonder their symbol is the jackass. Friends, keep the faith. This is Tim Bryce in Palm Harbor, Florida. Follow me on the internet at timbrice.com. Fightback Media is proud to have a rock-solid conservative contribute to our effort on the Morning Report. And now it's time for The Bryce is Right.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.